Hello, my name is Diana Derpy, and I live with paranoid schizophrenia. You're listening to my podcast, Schizophrenia As I Live It. Today, I wanted to talk about the word psychosis. Of all the words associated with the brain disorder, schizophrenia, and some other severe mental illnesses, I think the word psychosis gives rise to the most stigma. This stigma, unfortunately, doesn't come from researching the word psychosis and finding out what it means for someone to experience psychosis, but rather comes from the media, for example, uh, books, uh, TV police thrillers, movies, where often the bad guy or the bad girl is someone who is psychotic or undergoing a psychotic episode, often uh, due to schizophrenia. Now, as I mentioned last time, it takes very little effort to get a reasonably factual definition of what psychosis really is. So last time uh, I talked about uh, the website of the National Institute of Mental Health and the wonderful book of Aoife Latori, uh, Surviving Schizophrenia, where psychosis is discussed. Now, another good online source is psychiatry.org, and one of the first words that they deal with is the word psychosis. And roughly speaking, what they say is that psychosis is an experience that someone living with schizophrenia undergoes due to various symptoms, which leads them to lose touch with reality. Now, as many of you know, uh, schizophrenia can bring with it auditory hallucinations, visual hallucinations, and other perturbations of the senses, which means that the input that you're getting from your sensory input is, is perturbed. There's also a problem, and Ifulatori is very good at uh, discussing this in the first chapter of his book, that one thing that comes with a relapse of schizophrenia is an inability to filter uh, your sensory input, and you're actually led to an experience of sensory overload. And in trying to sort out what's actually going on, you can be actually totally overwhelmed because uh, you just see everything, you hear everything, uh, and, and you just don't know uh, how to prioritize that input. So I think for many people, the word psychosis is scary because even if they know a little bit about schizophrenia, a little bit about other severe mental illnesses and a little bit about psychosis, this thought that someone is out of touch with reality makes them afraid. But 
what you have to bear in mind is that this experience of being out of touch with reality is much more frightening for the person undergoing psychosis than it need be for the person witnessing it. It is very unusual that someone undergoing psychosis seeks to vent what they are feeling by harming someone else or making someone else miserable. Now, they may alarm people because suddenly people don't understand why uh, this person they had found perfectly reasonable is suddenly unable to engage reality and they're frightened that that may harm them in some way. So that's reasonably understandable, but what is not really forgivable is that, well, it is forgivable, but it's not really very intelligent way to behave, is that people do not research psychosis, do not research what it means to undergo psychosis, but they still dish out to the person undergoing psychosis all possible stigmas that they associate with that word. So often they will dump them completely. Often they will ban them uh, from... Uh, having anything to do with them, having anything to do with their children. This can come from within families and can also come from within the social circle that the person undergoing psychosis is used to having. So in my experience and in the experience of many others, psychosis unfortunately has resulted in Social isolation. Now, social isolation, not this time chosen by the person undergoing schizophrenia. That's another symptom that we'll talk about at some other time. But social isolation because the person is suddenly really rejected by other people. It's not something that they imagine. It's not part of their paranoid delusions. They are really rejected because people associate a loss of touch with reality with danger. Now, it's very unusual that someone undergoing psychosis will harm someone else, but it's a very terrifying experience for the person undergoing psychosis, and because of that, they are really extra susceptible to rejection and fear because that will feed in often to their paranoia and their paranoia is telling them that they are negatively judged by other people and that can even go to the extremes of them feeling that uh, other people don't really want them to exist. Now, in my experience, when I've undergone psychosis, and paranoia at the same time, the stigma of psychosis has fed in to the paranoia that I feel that everyone wants me to commit suicide. It's a very frightening feeling. I've never acted on it because I'm not basically suicidal. 
And I'm in the very fortunate position of having a spouse who is my caregiver. And even in my most psychotic state, I always trust him. What I sometimes feel is that the people who want bad things to happen to me also want bad things to happen to my spouse. But the person that I'm actually living with understands me. I feel I can talk to him. And he always advises that I see my psychologist and psychiatrist to get this sorted out. So I'm extremely lucky in that respect. But not everybody living with schizophrenia has that kind of support. And people need to understand that if they victimize someone having a mental health crisis, they have to take some of the blame. I mean, you can't just blame the person undergoing the mental health crisis and say, you know, what, whatever we dish out, that's fine uh, because this person's crazy. The way that you react to it, especially if you make the mental health crisis worse, that's your responsibility. And if you know someone with a severe mental illness, you know someone undergoing psychosis, and you want to know how to react, you have a responsibility at least to research it uh, from a reliable source, either by going online or buying a good book like E. Folatori's book or uh, really, really thinking about it or getting information about it that is good information, not just something that you get off the TV uh, from your favourite police drama. Now, so in this podcast, I want to take you on a journey through my experience with schizophrenia and what I observed about my mother's experience, she also lived with paranoid schizophrenia, but she was a very different person to me. And so her experience was different. So as I'm always saying, there are as many schizophrenias as there are schizophrenics, and we simply don't have enough people who live with schizophrenia who are prepared to be completely open about their experiences. We need many, many more people to speak up about it and not to be afraid of the ensuing stigma. I also want to take you on a journey through the novel I have written without spoiling it for you if you haven't read it yet. Uh, so that novel is under my pen name, Diana Dirkby, and it's called The Overlife, A Tale of Schizophrenia, and it's published with Amazon.com. It's available on the website. And I have a website associated to the book called OverLiveSchizophrenia.com, which has a blog and a podcast. And this is a fictional account of a mother and daughter living with schizophrenia, both uh, living with schizophrenia. Based on my experience with myself and with my mother, based very closely on that experience. But because I chose the fiction genre, I had the liberty to leave people out who are not relevant to the story or who would not welcome being in the story. And uh, I have some artistic liberty as well. Uh, 
to talk about some things that um, are not strictly what I lived through, but very close to what I lived through. And it's also very important that you realize it's a book of human interest. It's a book about family. It's a book about relationships. It's not just a book about mental health because uh, people who live with a, with a mental illness, what we like to call consumers of mental health, um, they are not defined by their mental illness. There's a lot of other things, a lot of aspects to them, a lot of things in their life that are not related to their mental illness, and they're not defined by their mental illness. And that's one of the things that uh, I've gone through and many people who live with schizophrenia or severe mental illness go through that, oh, you're just schizophrenic, that's it. You're schizophrenic, we don't want to have anything to do with you, you're psychotic, uh, all schizophrenics are the same, you know, they're bad news, and uh, we don't want to have anything to do with you. And when you are struggling with your mental health, unfortunately, that's the very time that a lot of people choose to reject you and uh, be afraid of you and basically to tell you, uh, you know, now that I know uh, that you have a severe mental illness, I really would prefer you are not part of my life because I have this great life and you may harm it in some way. And, you know, I have had the experience, and I think most people living with a severe, severe mental illness have had the experience that people, either from their family or from their close social circle, have rejected them based on their diagnosis. And this is absolutely devastating because the very people you thought that you could trust don't want to know you anymore. And it's coming not so much from what you're doing as from ignorance about what severe mental illness is, what psychosis is, and how it actually feels to undergo a severe mental illness and psychosis. So this experience of being out of touch with reality, in my case, it's usually come after a couple of weeks of me being on a false high. So I get into my head suddenly that I'm important above what I can explain from my actual importance and that a lot of people want to know me, uh, that uh, I'm doing really well at something and it. this is kind of, it's not matching the reality of my situation. I mean, I'm not ashamed of who I am, but the high that I'm on doesn't match the reality of my situation. And then suddenly the switch flips and I go from being on a false high to being on an extreme low where I feel that all these people who were praising me have turned against me and now they're judging me and saying that I'm no good and they're going very carefully through everything I've done in my life and uh, judging it negatively. And within another few weeks, it gets to the point where I become convinced that they think I'd be better off dead. Now, I'm, I've never been tempted to commit suicide, but I have had the experience of thinking everybody wants me to. And, you know, again, I have a spouse 
who uh, who I never mistrust, even when I'm at my sickest. So that's wonderful. It's it's a real support. But this feeling of rejection is added to by people's reaction to my strange behaviour out of stigma because they equate the strange behaviour with danger. And, you know, I have never hurt anybody in my life and uh, most people I know who have undergone psychosis have given no cause for alarm. Occasionally it will happen that someone is maybe very angry and, and people are afraid of them. And uh, that's very, very unfortunate because they're probably just venting their frustration. But it's unusual that someone undergoing psychosis actually harms anybody physically. But the reactions that I have had, often they're as if people are afraid that I will harm them physically. And it's it's really an awful, awful feeling. So, you know, I, I talked uh in my blog about the leap method uh and i just want to remind you what the acronym leap stands for it's listen empathize agree and partner so how to deal with someone undergoing a mental health crisis and convince them to get treatment from a psychologist and a psychiatrist and none of the words in that acronym involve rejection. None of the words in that acronym involve fear. And a person undergoing psychosis needs a lot of calm, they need a lot of kindness, they need a lot of patience, and they need a lot of understanding. And they need the support of a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Now, I know that there are people who live with schizophrenia, who live with psychosis, who don't believe in uh, psychologists and psychiatrists. They're very skeptical about them. But I can only go by my own experience. And I have found that, you know, I can't make it without good psychological and psychiatric help. Just working on the psychosis and the other symptoms of schizophrenia to get me to a stage where they're where the symptoms are manageable. So in this podcast, I'm going to take you on a journey through schizophrenia from the factual point of view, uh, and on my personal journey. Uh, that's me, not Sarah in the novel, but me. And uh, what I observed as a caregiver for my mother, who also lived with schizophrenia, although she manifested it in a very, very different way. Again, there are as many schizophrenias as there are schizophrenics. We need many, many more people living with schizophrenia to speak up about how they actually feel. I will also take, also take them on a journey, without spoiling the book, uh, through my novel, uh, The Overlife, A Tale of Schizophrenia, which is now published on Amazon.com. And I will talk about Sarah and Jody, who were the daughter and mother characters in that book, and their journey with schizophrenia. Uh, and I want you to be aware that in the novel, 
there's a lot of material which is not related to mental illness. It's about it's a human interest story as well. It's a story about family. It's a story about relationships. And something that cannot be said too often is that someone living with a mental illness is not defined by their mental illness. They're not schizophrenic, therefore, like every other person with schizophrenia. They have their own personal story and they have many aspects of their life that have nothing to do with their mental illness that often get ignored because of the stigma and because people want an excuse to reject them just in case they're harmful, just in case they're dangerous. And often many sides of your personality, many sides of your activity are simply ignored because people don't want to let the light in. They want an excuse to keep you out of their life. And uh, this is sad for them and it's sad for you and uh, there's so much work to be done to combat these prejudices, to combat the stigma. Uh, And not enough people can be on the case. So that's all I have to say for today. I very much hope that you'll uh, tune in next time and I hope you'll give some thought to buying my book, uh, The Overlife, A Tale of Schizophrenia. It's only $9.99 as a Kindle book. And uh, I think it will help you get more out of the podcast. Thank you for listening and see you next time. <laughs>